Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your News Radio 840 WHAS. Good Sunday morning. Bob Sekulder of the Louisville Real Estate Show. We're doing another one of our COVID shows, which basically means we're using Zoom. We're then going to ask for your questions via email. The email address is bob at com, and just put question and then give me the question in the email. You can reach me anytime at 376-5483. Also here with us, another one of our regulars, Lee Harris, who's legal counsel over at Limestone Title and Escrow. And you can reach her, yes, on her cell phone, 649-7964. Good to see you, Lee. Also, in for Randy Rocky over at Swan Financial, we've got a guest today. It is, ladies and gentlemen, Jennifer Brock, who is also a loan officer over at Swan Financial. Good to have you here, Jennifer. Thank you and so much. It's, if it's all right, I'm going to give out your cell phone. 649, sure. I already started to do it, yeah. 649-7382 is, uh, is Jennifer's direct number. And then son Greg, you can um, reach him through me, does our marketing photography and so much more. Back from and if you're a millennial, you also yeah. know how to find me. You don't have to go through Bob. It's okay. Yeah, that's true too, you on Instagram and all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a couple of things if you want to see a replay of today's show. Go to LouisvilleAnswers.com. It's a YouTube uh, redirect, so that's cool. Also, if you want to see our Facebook page, go to LouisvilleRealEstateNews.com. All right, and if you want to hear past shows, go to WeSellLouisvilleRadio.com. That's WeSellLouisvilleRadio.com. Okay, right off the top, homebuyers may be getting a price shock. We're all seeing that now. Nearly every metro area. Saw year-over-year year home price increases in the first quarter. And what's more, 89% of metro areas across the country posted double-digit gains, which is just shocking, according to the latest quarterly report from the National Association of Realtors. Also, competition in the housing market is so fierce it's prompting home prices to rise quickly, but that doesn't appear to be deterring some home buyers. A slim majority, 53% of Americans believe it's still a good time to buy, and it really is, if you could find a home. The type of soaring housing market is prompting more bubble talk. In fact, that was one of the most popular Google searches recently. Are we in a housing bubble? What's that? Is, is there another housing bubble going? Yeah, economists are saying, no, there's no bubble. The market is just reacting to not enough inventory. In fact, Lawrence Young, who's the chief economist of the National Association of Realtors, says this is not a bubble. It's simply a lack of supply. So those are some of the news headlines that uh, continue to make news. The incredible prices people are paying for homes has got a lot of people boggled. Not so much here, but around the rest of the country. So, Leah and Jennifer, imagine uh, both of you are working with a, um, a buyer, and this happens to be outside of Seattle near the Microsoft campus. You may have heard about this talked on CBS News recently. Home listed for $725,000. That's a nice size home here in Louisville. Not so big, I guess, over outside Seattle. The buyers made a bid, an offer, without seeing the home, without seeing the home, offering 400000 over asking price and waiving all contingencies. Now, that means no inspections, no financing contingencies, so there's no appraisal. Hey, this is most likely cash, is what we're saying? Well, it could have been, but yeah, over. It, would, it would have to be. Yeah, there's no, there's no way, yeah, I mean. Yeah. 
So anyway, the, the, and so this is the type of stuff we're seeing, not so much here, but certainly to some level this past week, we've had multiple homes that we put on the market and we got multiple offers and over asking price. So it's continuing well, and, here. And Bob, yeah. quick, quick fun fact, the, the median home cost in Seattle is $714,000. So oh, there you go. And you know that for whereas Louisville, we're, right, we're turning right around 280,000 right this year so far. So Though it could be a little you know, bit higher this year, I think, because of the inflation. It, oh, it's going up. That, it, yeah. was, it was two, it was two sixties last year. It's been going up steadily. But especially with what's going on in the housing market, it's yeah. definitely being driven up. Jennifer, what are you, what's the average that you're seeing coming through Swan Financial in terms of mortgage applications? Uh, do you have a number? As far as purchase prices? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're averaging probably about that two to 300 mark. Two to 300 mark. Yeah, so that's pretty much average here in the Louisville yep. area. All right. So question off of the email, this coming in for Lee, uh, it's coming in from Corey. He writes that he sold his house several months ago. The buyer never asked for the boundary lines. And during the 14 years Corey lived at the home, he mowed a portion of his neighbor's property with the neighbor's permission. The buyer thought that that part of the property was part of Corey's lot. And apparently though they never asked the question, was planning to build some sort of storage structure on that part later in the year. And after doing a survey, officially several weeks after closing, they found out the property doesn't belong to Corey and Corey's lot, or the one he used to own there. Now the buyer's threatening to sue. So what advice do you have for Corey? And I know you've got advice for all buyers as well. Yes, well, there is an option in the local contract where the buyer can opt to get a survey, which I think is a good idea. A lot of buyers do not do that. Um, particularly if you are a buyer and you are going to want to build something, it is a good idea to go ahead and get that survey so you know, first of all, if there's any encroachments on the property, and secondly, you'll know where the boundary lines are. As far as Corey's liability, um, it would be a disclosure issue if he did not in any way uh, maintain that, that that was his property uh, or misrepresent what the boundary lines were. Uh, well, let me, so let me jump in there. So based on what Corey writes, he never said to the buyer where the property lines were. The buyer never asked him where the property lines were. Does Corey have a problem at this point? No. I mean, if he didn't misrepresent the property, you know, if he didn't say this is my property and the buyer opted not to get a survey, then, you know, I don't think it's going to be uh, easy for the buyer to, to pin that on him because uh, he never said it was his property. It might have looked like it. A lot of times the property looks like maybe it belongs to a particular uh, lot or a particular house, but it doesn't. Um, and so if he said, yes, I own that, that that'd be a different issue. Yeah. But if he didn't ever say that, I think he's, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to say misrepresentation. Now, you said it was 14 years. After 15 years, if this buyer were to continue to maintain that property, um, you know, uh, openly and notoriously, which means it's against the other property owner's interest, then they could claim adverse possession. Of course, that would be a proof issue. Did the other property owner give him permission to use it that way for 14 years? If not, then they could have a claim for adverse possession. So, so let's make sure we got this straight for everybody who's listening because it's, it's an important point for all homeowners. So if your, if your neighbor says, yeah, you want to plant vegetables on this part of my property, I don't care about doing it. it uh, we move the ball forward 
four, 15 years, you're saying, and then the you sell the house and now the new buyer thinking that the uh, property next door of vegetable garden is his and so is the land can actually take possession of that land because they've been doing it for 15 years. Am I right? It's against the other owner's interest. If they're doing it with the owner's permission, then they're not doing it what's called openly and notoriously. But if they are doing it with, you know, basically if they just mowed it for 15 years and the other guy said, hey, that's great, I don't have to mow it, and yeah. he doesn't ever say stop doing that or that's my property or I don't want you trespassing or, you know, whatever, then you can add on 15 years. And you can add owners up. It doesn't have to be one owner. It could be oh. two or three owners. Got it. We want to talk about, because a lot of people who are thinking, maybe I'm going to sell my home, a lot of people buying. Jennifer, let's talk about the factors that may impact a pre-approval. Someone who's looking for a pre-approval letter, what, what, are the things, what are the key things that loan officers look for? Well, two big things, though. There's a pre-qualification and a pre-approval. Okay. Uh, actually, just from a newer agent this week, had a question of what's a pre-qualification. So, especially in this market, pre-approval is what you need to be looking for, not pre-qualification. Pre-qualification says what then to the Really, seller? it's just like if I send my app to somebody, they fill it out and say it's the weekend and somebody just needs a quick pre-qualification letter saying this is what they've submitted and I can give an approval, a, a temporary pre-approval based on this information, that's what the pre-qual is. Pre-approval, which is really needed in this market today to be kind of the standout contract, is saying that your lender has received all of the income documents, all of everything they've needed up front to review it and verify what they've put on their application is accurate. So you're going in as a solid buyer, letting your listing agent and that person selling that home that this is a good candidate to buy your home. Things that will impact that pre-approval, let's go over those. Somebody's income, correct? Correct. Income, their assets, um, time on the job, if they've had um, a new job change and it's not in the same line of work. Um, so typically we look for a good steady two years of employment. You may have had to change jobs, but if you're in the same line of work, we're okay with that. Then there's your debt, how much money you owe other creditors. Right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then credit history. What's the given credit needed credit history now? What type of credit do you need to be able to get a mortgage? Just depends on what you're looking for. Uh, since COVID hit, a lot of lenders have added a lot of what's called overlays. Um, typically with FHA loans, a requirement's like a 620 score, but it goes back into making sure you have that two years of employment history, two years of your residence history. Um, VA is right around the 620 mark. And for conventional, you're looking at about 640 mark. Conventional 640 or higher. And obviously Correct. the point we should point out is that the higher your credit score, uh, the better your rate, your loan rate will be. That as well as your mortgage insurance. A lot of people don't know about the mortgage insurance piece because if you're over 80% into your home, you're going to have mortgage insurance and the mortgage insurance is also based on that credit score rating. So you'll pay more if you have a lower credit score. Absolutely. And that 20% mark is what we all hope to get to. So if you own at least 20% of the home that you're living in, you should be able to eliminate the private mortgage insurance, which is done to protect the loan company from you walking away. So if you get to that 20% and you're still paying private mortgage insurance, what should the homeowner do? Because a lot of people so, may be there. Yeah, absolutely. If you're at 
that 80% marker below, you will need to call in and request that be removed. It will, on the conventional side, be automatically dropped at 78%. So it's important as the borrower to keep an eye on that because you don't want to sit there for another year. So I know when when I was watching my loan and, and counting every dollar until I was going to be at that 80-20 mark. And as soon as I did that, I had the letter sent and I followed up Absolutely. and they, they sure enough dropped it off. And Jennifer, you wanted to finish up that so buyers yes. should know what? So if you're in an FHA loan, your mortgage insurance is going to be on there for the life of the loan. So as soon as you know you can refinance, get out of that and flip it to a conventional because I think it was in 2013, they changed it because it used to fall off, but now it is permanent. So make sure to get out of the FHA as soon as you can. I think those are great and tips. Yeah, is that great. now, is that, and just for layman's, is that FHA, there's, doesn't matter what down payment is, you always have mortgage insurance on FHA? Always. So the whole, the whole you know, the idea of like having the, the better interest rates possibly there, you're getting kicked back on. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Cool. That's great info. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we have some of the things that people hate and like about their homes. You'll be surprised. I think also we should tell you, if you want to see what people are saying about us as a real estate team, we have a great team here in Louisville, go to louisvillesellerstalk.com. And then if you want to see or read what people are saying, about us, our reviews, go to LouisvilleZillow.com. Here with us, Lee Harris, Legal Counsel, Limestone Title and Escrow, 649-7964. Jennifer Bach is in for Randy Rocky this week over at Swan Financial. You can reach Jennifer at 649-7382. My son, Greg, who does our marketing, photography, and so much more is here. And you can reach me anytime, Bob Sekola, on my cell phone after the show, please, 376 376- Five four eight three. We're back in a moment on News Radio eight forty WHAS. Need a home loan or refinancing? You need to talk to Randy Rocky at Swan Financial. Why have they become so popular? Because of our programs, our service, and our competitive rates. And now listen to this new program from Swan Financial. Yes, we have a one percent down program that also you will get two percent grant money from the investor. Call Randy Rocky today at 866-766-1920. Swan Financial, NMLS 2473 and 26362. Equal housing opportunity. Call for additional cost information. Other restrictions may apply. This is Lee Harris, owner and attorney at Limestone Title and Escrow here in Louisville, Kentucky. We are an experienced team of processors and attorneys who will be happy to help you with your closing needs. We are known for our flexible closing times. We're open to nights and weekends, whatever suits you or your clients. We can help you provide a smooth and quick closing and help with difficult situations based upon our history of expertise and experience in closings. Call us anytime at 502-632-2277. Shopping for a home? The place to start is Remax Properties East. Experienced, caring, top-producing agents who service all of Louisville and surrounding areas. On your computer or on your smartphone, head to homesinlouisville.com and sign into one of the most advanced home search sites in the country. That's homesinlouisville.com. Residential or commercial real estate, let the award-winning agents at Remax Properties East help. Take the first step in your house hunting journey. Visit homesinlouisville.com or call 425-6000 today. Hi, I'm Barbara Corcoran. I'm constantly asked by news sources how to best navigate today's real estate market. I call the brightest agents in the business to get their input. Hi, Bob. What's going on in Louisville? Hi, Barbara. The Louisville real estate market is hotter than we've ever seen it. I'm so happy 
happy to hear that. With our exclusive marketing plan, we can get sellers top dollar right now. Get the best advice from my friend, Bob Sekoler. Go to WeSellLouisville.com. Be safe and smart. News Radio 840 WHAS, the Louisville Real Estate Show here with you till the top of the hour. And joining us again, and by the way, thank you, Barbara Corcoran, Shark Tank fame, does a great job, and we love what she does, and appreciate her being a mentor and a friend. Here with us, legal counsel for Limestone Title and Escrow, Lee Harris at 649-7964. Also in for the fabulous Randy Rocky over at Swan Financial, the fabulous Jennifer Bach, and you can reach Jennifer at 649-7382. I'm mean, looking at the similarities between your number and Lee's number. There are some similarities. Oh, oh, I know. You, I know. you thought I was reading your. I know. Greg, my son Greg is here, does our marketing photography so much more. And uh, you can reach me, Bob Sekiller, anytime, 376-5483. If I ask you folks to come up with a list of what you like and hate about your homes, what would you say? Do you got a couple of things that you hate or like or don't like? Uh, in my home, it is um, steps going down to the front door. I'd rather uh, it be flat. flat. Got it. Mm-hmm. Jennifer, you got one? I'd like a bigger backyard. <laughs> bigger backyard. Yep. Yes. Greg, how about yours? Yours is new. What do you I've got no bad things to say. I, I just built this house. I'm not, uh, yeah. you know. Uh, good. That's a good thing. No qualms. And, no qualms here. And for me, I wish I had a bigger backyard to put a pool in because it's mm. I love to have a pool these summers. All right. But the new survey was done. Um, and the things that came up were rather interesting from paint colors to layout location. Person's home is significantly going to impact the mental health of the owner. A new survey and get a load of who did the survey. Sears Home Services. We haven't heard anything from Sears in years, in centuries. They surveyed a thousand consumers. And here's what they said. So the good things, security and safety, location, uh, section of the home dedicated to relaxation. I think we could all appreciate with that. Privacy, size, a living situation. In other words, having a wife, husband, housemate, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. And then outdoor space is also important. A garden, a balcony, or making some space outside into a popular location. On the other hand, the things that irk homeowners are, number one of the top ones, noise level in their neighborhoods, the size of the home, the proximity to neighbors or other homes, pests like bugs and bees and all, design choices that they've made or bought, and lack of privacy, and then lack of outdoor space. I think we can all understand that. That last one is mine. Is the lack of outdoor space. So those, those are some of the things, the good, bad things about people love and hate homes. We'll move on. We've got questions that are coming in. Again, we're doing our COVID show, and that basically means that we're taking your emails rather than phone calls. Bob at com. Send me an email, radio question in the subject line, and then we will get them to our guests. This one is for Jennifer. This comes from Wyatt. Planning to buy a home in this year. Should I get a fixed rate or adjustable rate? Is there such a thing as a 15-year adjustable mortgage? So I always go for, if you can, stick with the fixed. (laughs) The adjustable, if they know that they're not going to be in the home for a long time, I'm okay with suggesting the adjustable, but more times than not, I'm a big lover and a fan of the fixed. Mm -hmm. Uh, As far as the 15 adjustable, I'd have to get back to him on that one because I've never been asked that question nor had to look at that one. But I believe they only go up to like a seven-year. 
Got it. And it, as close as the rates are, wouldn't you suggest going fixed Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I think, you know, the rates were starting to creep up a little bit there and it's starting to put people into a little frenzy. But I'm like, look, you look about a year or two ago, we were in the fours. So right now it is still an amazing time to be buying. You're getting more bang for your buck. I mean, it's the best time. Yeah, we're hovering just a little bit above three. I know uh, whenever we talk interest, you've got to give out. But it's so great. Yeah. And I can't believe people are just, they're like, oh my gosh, 3.5. I can't do it. I'm like, I got out of 4.35 two years ago. No, I get calls all the time. Like, well, call me when it gets to this. And I'm like, listen, (laughs) it's really good. good. In all all honesty, if, if, you know, people are worried about their payment going up $20 or more a month for that, you know, whatever the points go up, it's, you may not want to be in the market. You may want to wait till you're more stable that that doesn't really make a hand on your decision. Good point. Next question coming in, Lee. This is for you from Jacob. We're selling our home. We, he says, we may have made a mistake. We listed it with a discount broker. Uh, he thinks that's what they're called. They can't get the broker on the phone, and they're not sure what they can do with no showings. No showings now is a problem in the past month. Suggestions. Can Jacob terminate the contract with his current broker agent? Well, that depends on what the contract says. It may have a termination provision in it, and if it does, then he just needs to follow those steps that are outlined in the contract. If not, and he is not getting the service or the satisfaction that he is looking for, then absolutely contact the broker, tell him what the issues are. Um, He could ask for a release if there is no termination provision. If they do not provide a release or say that that's not their policy, then he has the right to expect whatever services he contracted for in that listing agreement. What would you suggest? Can he go to the real estate commission at this at that point if he's not satisfied with the broker's answer? Um, I would think uh, more so than the real estate commission. I would think he would go to the local board and uh, you know let them know and perhaps uh, you know lodge his concerns there. By the way, for those the who don't know, the real estate commission doesn't really get involved with the services that are provided. They're they're looking at the laws. Lee used to be the legal counsel for the Louisville Real, or the Kentucky Real Estate Commission. So I remember calling her and asking her advice many, many years ago. So good for you. All right. So this next one's for Jennifer. And, and Greg, I think you'll appreciate this call. It's coming from uh, Harper. And Harper says, I'm selling my home and received an offer that's an FHA mortgage. And uh, Harper apparently has heard some good and bad things about FHA mortgages. And Greg, you and I both know that a lot of our sellers are a bit leery of FHA mortgages. And so Jennifer, set the record straight. Good, bad, what should people know? Sellers, but especially, what should they know about FHA mortgages when compared to conventional or VA loans? Well, and that's a good point because I want to talk a bit about the VA too. Um, so the FHA and VA, there is a big stigma against those. The only difference is, like, say VA, they what their concern is is safe, sound, secure. Um, FHA and VA still fabulous loans. Um, they close the same amount of time as conventional. The only difference is is they may require a little bit of touch up if there's like scraped paint or like peeling paint. So just a few little things that they're a little more. Um, stringent upon when it comes to the appraisal and the underwriting world. But to me, I think the FHA and the VA is just as solid as going conventional. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Seller says, yes, but an FHA loan usually means that the buyer doesn't have any extra money and that makes them more of a risk. Yes, no, maybe. 
some cases, not all cases. For instance, I've got somebody that absolutely can go conventional, but the interest rate was so much less than a conventional rate just to get them into the home that that was a better thing for them at the moment. So it goes both ways. Ah, so interest rate could drive it. So Lee and, and Jennifer and Greg, do you think it's improper for the seller to call the loan officer for the buyer directly and get information as much as possible uh, about the buyer's ability to afford the house. I'd, I'd say happened. only with I'd say only with proper communication information. You don't want to you don't want to round about and find out that that the that the seller's agent has called your lender without your knowledge. That to me would feel like a slap in the face as a buyer's agent. I don't disagree with that. I would say, hey, my I would let the buyer's agent know, hey, my seller, you know, we like your offer, but do you mind if we reach out to your lender just so that we can get a fair share and understanding? You know, they won't give us any information that you that that they can't. We're not asking for your for your your, your financials. We just want to know that this loan loan officer is legit and that they've done their due, their due diligence. So I think that's a good point. Back, you know, just how you do it, Lee. How do you feel about it legally? And Jennifer, how do you feel about it as a loan officer? I agree that there should be communication that it's going to happen, and then of course uh, the loan officer. Uh, can tell them what they're legally allowed to tell them. Obviously, I don't think they can tell them all the details of the buyer, but it is probably a good uh, comfort level for a for a seller to know that this person actually, you know, is is not a huge risk and, and can afford this property. And uh, you know, it could help a buyer in the long run to get uh, chosen as the premier contract. How about Jennifer? What do you think from a loan offer standpoint? So I agree a million percent. I'm actually now coaching a lot of my agents that because of the crazy world we're in and the competitiveness of these contracts coming in, that I am available for them to make that contact with that listing agent. And I will be more than happy right off the bat to talk to them while they're going through those contract offers. So then I think this actually happened where a buyer's agent was upset here in the Louisville area that a seller called the loan officer and wanted the um, the selling agent to be the make the person who makes the call. And I kind of feel like I don't want to be a conduit. I want my seller in any case to talk directly to a loan officer to get the direct information. Cause if something goes wrong, I don't want to be the one who said, well, you said they said this and then it becomes back and forth thoughts. No, I agree. I mean, I think that that communication line needs to be open. I mean, I think everybody has to be on the same page and me as a loan officer, a lender, you know, I'm not going to sit there and call the listing agent and give them the whole details if I don't stand 100% behind my borrower. Got it. Good. All right. Well, believe it or not, we're out of time, which this went very quickly. Lee Harris, legal counsel, former legal counsel for the Kentucky Real Estate Commission, current legal counsel for Limestone Title and Escrow. We thank you. Her direct number six four nine seven nine six four. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah. Also, we thank Jennifer Bach, who has been sitting in for Randy Rocky over at Swan Financial. And you can reach Jennifer directly, 649-7382. And my son, Greg, who does our marketing, photography, and so much more. Thank you all for being here. A reminder that if you want to see what people are saying about us, go to LouisvilleSellersTalk.com. If you want to read what our reviews are like in Zillow, because that's always very important, go to LouisvilleZillow.com. And if you want to see a replay of this show, go to LouisvilleAnswers.com. And that's a redirect to our YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. One more thing before we go, let me just remind you that a lot of people I talk to, a lot of 
potential sellers are saying the reason they don't want to put their home on the market right now is because they're worried they're not going to be able to find their next home. Let's face it, it really is a very tight market out there, not a whole lot of homes on the market. But consider this, consider thinking about this. It's called a reverse contingency. You may have heard me talk about this before. So basically what happens is we put your home on the market, we get a contract, but we counter back if it's an acceptable offer. And even if it isn't, we can counter back with what would be an acceptable offer to you that the sale of the home is contingent on you as the sellers finding your next home. And we give a deadline of 15, 20 days, could be even 30 days for you to find that next home. And if you don't find that next home, then the contract is null and void. You don't move, you don't sell. You might say, well, why would a buyer even accept that or consider a reverse contingency? And the reason is because there are so few homes out there Buyers will do whatever it takes to find a home that they love and will cherish, and that it means waiting 10, 15, 30 days to know that they found the perfect home and that you're going to be able to find your home. We're seeing this work on a regular basis. Of course, that buyer could also pull out at any time and find another house, but it's kind of one of the risks that you take, but at least this way, you're not locked into selling your home, having to move in, into maybe... Uh, an apartment or temporary housing until you find your home. It's a perfect solution when things get as tight as they are. So I would beg you to please consider thinking about a reverse contingency. And absolutely, if you want to know more, call me. I'm more than happy to tell you about it. It's uh, 502-376-5483. We will see you next Sunday right here on News Radio 840 WHAS.